0: My next guest is a group program specialist. She helps service-based business owners remove themselves from their program delivery so they can scale and have a life. Please welcome Megan Huber. Welcome to the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Anna-Patricia Bourgeois, Certified Business Coach. I'm here to help you up-level, Generate consistent wealth, increase your confidence, attract dream clients and master your mindset so that you can fully own your power and achieve next level results in your online business and beyond. Every week, a powerful conversation will take place with amazing guests or I'll share from my experience to help inspire you to start and scale the business of your dreams while being powerfully you. The time has come to stop playing small, stop hiding, and stop waiting. Now is the perfect time for you to passionately pursue your heart's desire as the powerful leader you were born to be. Are you ready? Let's do this! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I am here today with the one and only Megan Huber. Hey, girl. Hey, hey. I'm so excited to be here, especially after
1: <laughs> our last conversation that we had. It was so amazing on my show, so I, I can't yeah. wait to see what we get into together today.
0: Oh my gosh. Same. Like it was epic. (laughs) I mean, I was so blown away by the quality of the questions that you asked me and it just flowed so, so organically. So go check out Megan's uh, podcast. It was amazing. And yeah, I'm really excited. So feel free to share with us who you are, what you do and what got you into this business.
1: Yeah. Thanks for asking. So like you said, my name is Megan Huber and I'm a mom. I'm a wife. My husband and I just celebrated our 13th wedding anniversary yesterday wow. at the time of this recording. Congratulations. And <laughs> Thanks. Um, our daughter will be 12 in a couple of months and I just turned 40. So yes. we, I mean, there's just so many, so many milestones over here. And um, what I do now with Uh, My clients, I typically work with uh, entrepreneurs who are generating high six and seven figures who have a business that is based on a group program model. So Mm -hmm. they've already transitioned into groups, but they've reached this point with their program where the way that they're running their business and the way that they're running their program they're maxing out how much money they can make all over again. So mm. their time is maxed out, their impact is maxed out, energy effort, and they just can't quite figure out how do I, you know, increase my revenue? How do I increase the results my clients are getting in my group? How do I increase the rate of renewals that I'm seeing with clients? Basically like how do I keep my clients around longer? Uh, how do I Mm -hmm. get more high quality referrals? And then the big one is how do I remove myself from so much of the client delivery Mm -hmm. and operations so that I can actually grow this company to the next level? Um, So that's typically where I come in Mm -hmm. to someone's company. And we look largely at their group program. And maybe you're asking like why group programs and Why do I have the expertise to do this? So I'll just fill you in a bit. My first career, I was a teacher Mm. at the high level. And uh, so I've got a master's degree in teaching. I have an undergrad degree in business. And I left the teaching profession to start my own business. I started a coaching business in 2011. And then I like, most people don't do this. So I have an interesting path. I left my business to work for a mentor of mine that had about a $6 million a year company. Mm. And I was the program director. So I built the program, the big group programs. We would have up to 300 people in a program. I helped launch them, run them, basically ran all the behind the scenes and the operations, client delivery, client success, all the things that actually make your group program function and run at the highest level possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that. I did that for four years and then left that company and decided to go back to my own business and kicked it off moving in that direction because that's what I've done for the last 17 years.
0: Wow. My mind is blown. I love to hear your story. (laughs) This is so inspiring. So good. So like, I know people are dying to know like, what's the best way to actually start and grow a group program?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I have really strong beliefs and philosophies about when mm. someone is ready to transition into a group.
0: Mm. And
1: I'm a big firm believer that for coaches, consultants, and experts, you want to figure out, you want to hone your skills working with people one on one. So you want to use the one on one to hone your skills. Mm-hmm. You also want to learn how to be a better marketer, a better copywriter. Uh, You want to learn how to be a better relationship builder. You want to learn how to sell. Like all the things in those early stages of a business, Mm -hmm. use one-on-one to learn those skills because it is 50 times harder to try to learn them for the first time in Mm. a group setting. Because if you don't have those skills, then it's almost, it's going to be like pushing up a very heavy boulder, up a very steep mountain to try to launch and fill a group. yeah. So absolutely. the group really comes out of the necessity of, I now am at a place where I want to serve not just 10 101 on one clients, but I want to serve 50 clients at one time. It also comes out of the necessity of, I've realized I am hitting a ceiling in a few categories. I'm hitting an income ceiling, an effort ceiling, energy, time, an income ceiling. Mm-hmm. But you really want to build that solid foundation of those skills with one-on-one. And once you have that in place, which it's it's not like it takes a certain amount of time. It's different for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. You could do
1: that fast or you could do that slower, then you know you're really ready to transition into offering a group. But I don't recommend doing it before then. The only time I've ever recommended someone do it, start with start with a group is because they came into their coaching business with already having like ten to 20,000 followers. Mm. Or they've built other businesses and they already built a brand for themselves. They already built a name for themselves. They already have followers and enough followers that they know they could fill a group like with the snap of a finger. I've only Mm. had two clients ever who were capable of doing that because they had all the other foundational pieces in place. Does that make sense?
0: Mm, yeah, it totally makes sense. And, it, yeah. and and it's so like eye-opening that you're saying this because I feel like a lot of people are jumping in too quickly into group setting without truly, you know, practicing that one-on-one first and getting really good at what they do and mastering their crafts and getting to know the people um, on a personal yeah. level. Yeah, because also like for all
1: of us, you know, all of us come into our business, In the beginning, Mm -hmm. typically, I mean, typically, especially in, well, really it's any entrepreneur. It's not just the coaching and consulting space, but Mm -hmm. most people who start businesses, me and you included, Mm -hmm. we we built some sort of skill set in a job, right? Like we had a job where we built a skill set and we're like, you know, forget this. I don't need to work for somebody else. Let Mm -hmm. me go use my skill (laughs) set and just start my own business and make my own money. And then I don't have to report to a boss every day and I have more freedom. Now, that's all fine and well, and we're really tapping into that entrepreneurial spirit. But what happens is we are are the technician. We're the technician in the business. And when you stay the technician, you can't ever grow a company. And then the other part of that, when you're working with people one-on-one, and you and I both have experienced this, Mm -hmm. usually what you start with, you end up kind of making some twists and turns in who your ideal client is. Yeah, And you start honing other skills. So who you actually truly desire to work with, you know, you you really allow the one-on-one coaching to for yourself to figure that out.
0: Yes. Because when
1: you transition into a group, you really also need to be speaking to just one person and you need to have one process that all the people in the group are following, like one system to get the result that your program is promising. And if you don't know exactly what that is, A, it becomes very hard to market a group. Mm. But B, you could actually be a really phenomenal marketer and you get 20 or 30 people in your program. But what happens is if you attract a bunch of people who they all want something completely different from you, now you feel like you're running 10 or 15 different group programs in one. And that's actually the thing Mm. that I see burning most group program leaders out.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too before. And you're totally, totally right. And I mean, my next question would be like, how do you actually know who you're ready to serve? Because like you said, we always evolve and, and the person we're targeting changes. So what happens if you actually launch a group program and then you decide that you want to change course and pivot a little?
1: Yeah, so I, is a, this is a timely question because Mm -hmm. I went through this in the last 18 months
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and a lot of group program leaders go through this. So I'm going to use this as an example and I think all the listeners will really understand it. Mm -hmm. If you look at, like we're all familiar with network marketing, whether you've been in network marketing Mm -hmm. or not, everybody will understand this. So in network marketing how people make the most money, like the people who become the millionaires in network marketing, they did that because they built really strong teams
0: Mm. and they
1: built really strong leaders. The people who do not do well in network marketing, they call it, this is the language that they use, those people recruited down instead of recruiting up. Mm. So if you want to build a really strong network marketing business, don't go recruit people who you think are on their last financial leg and you're trying to like throw them a bone because they need to make the money from network marketing life. They need the opportunity. You actually want to do it in the opposite direction. You want to recruit up. You want to recruit people who are already leaders. They're already busy. They already have an audience. They've already built a brand. Because guess what? They're going to be able to sell more product faster, make more money faster. And they're also connected with more higher level leaders who could join their team. So your pathway to growing is faster that way. Mm -hmm. Now, let's look at the coaching industry or consulting industry. What most people do, and I did this in the beginning as well, is we start our business and we recruit down, Mm -hmm. meaning we're looking at people who are not intimidating to us. We're looking at people who we are more confident than. We're looking at people who aren't making as much money as us. Like people who are just nowhere close to where we are, even if we're not that high up the food chain. Mm -hmm. And so we're basically selling down to people versus looking at the skill set that we have Mm -hmm. and how could we insert our skill set into somebody else's life or company, but they could be 10 times more successful than us financially. And I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. I have a multiple six-figure business. Mm -hmm. I have clients that have seven-figure businesses, and they make seven figures a year. Um, I've got clients who make multiple six figures a month. I'm not making multiple six figures a month right now. Mm -hmm. And the skill set that I have, my seven-figure clients don't have. Mm. So, you know, back to your question, I think it's this, It's part of it is this mentality of, are you reaching down to people because you think that you know you haven't, you know, proven yourself yet as a business owner, so you've mm-hmm. got to make a certain amount of money before you work with a higher end client, really take a good look at that. Because mm-hmm. what I also did in the beginning is I recruited down. And I filled my programs with people who were no who were so far They were just not close to where I was in business. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: as you keep doing that year after year after year, what you start to realize is holy cow, I'm not really even tapping into, nor can that level of client tap into my greatest zone of genius, which means they actually aren't getting the greatest ROI from working with me. Mm -hmm. So it's really paying attention to, and you have to sit with this and you have to get brutally honest with yourself. Here's a really great question. You can ask yourself, and that is, who can I work with? That when I work with them, and I insert my skill into their life, business, whatever it is you're helping them with, mm-hmm. who can get the greatest ROI? Who can get the greatest ROI? So if I'm trying to work with somebody who, you know, is not making twenty thousand dollars a year yet, versus someone who's got a one point five million dollar a year company, which one's going to get the greatest ROI faster? From my skill set, mm. the, the company that's at 1.5 million will. And so wow. when you just think about it in a different way, and and then hey, look, I know in this industry there's so much that's wow. written out there, like, don't work with someone unless they've gotten the results that you want. And I actually look at it from a completely different perspective. And here's the example. If you know anything about professional tennis, everybody knows who Serena Williams is, right? Yeah. Like yeah. greatest <laughs> tennis player of all time. The coach that she had for 10 years, which she no longer works with, they ended their coaching relationship about a year ago. He's the one who got her to number one. He's Mm. the one, they won 10 grand slams together. Wow. He has never played professional tennis. He's never even come close to playing professional tennis. He's nowhere near as good as she is at tennis, but yet he was her coach for 10 years. So I don't believe that it's true that we've got to work with people who are so far below us or that you only should be working with someone who's created the results that you want in terms of like a big picture lifestyle, mm-hmm. because you may have the very skill that someone who could pay you like way more than you're making right now they would hire you for that. Mm. Oh and did I did not answer your question. Sort of. I feel like I kind of danced. Mm, yes. There.
0: No. It was really, really, really good, and you really nailed it. Honestly, like I've I've thought about this a lot. And, and you're so right. Like there's this, this culture that the coaching industry is doing right now. And I've seen it, I've been in it, I understand it. And and now it's time to reframe it. And like, I love how you shared that. So yeah, I, I'm just so, so glad that we're having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's so good. So when you did that shift, when you implemented that and truly, Uh, work with those amazing leaders who already experienced, you know, a lot of great results, like what kind of mindset shifts did you have to work on in order to fully own it and fully show up and fully, you know, help those people?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. My gosh. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things that I did and I do this, often that has helped me the most is reminding myself of my past history Mm -hmm. in terms of the accomplishments I have in the category in which I'm helping people in. Mm. So most of the people that I'm working with don't have a master's degree in teaching or education or higher ed. Mm -hmm. Most of the people do not have a background in teaching. Most of the people I'm working with, if not all of them, I don't have a background in creating online courses for the public school system in a particular state, which I did. Mm. Most of the people I uh, work with now were never the program director for a $6 million a year company with group programs that had 300 people in them. They don't have any of those skills. And you know the list goes on. I could name other things that I've done in my past experience, but most of them don't have any of those experiences. So- Then I'm looking at, well, what are they saying they're struggling with and how does my experience complement that? And then how can I articulate that Mm -hmm. message to them so that it increases their perceived value? So that's number one. It's Mm -hmm. going back to what it's reminding yourself. It's reminding yourself of when were the time, what were the times in your life when you were the most confident? What were the times in your life when you were the most proud? Mm -hmm. What were the times in your life where you were gaining an experience that other people didn't have, but they could really use in their lives or in their businesses? So that's the first thing. It's becoming more aware of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the other part too is that all of us from time to time really doubt our ability. Mm -hmm. We doubt that we can produce a result. And I think the biggest thing that we actually doubt is you know when i speak to this potential client are they even going to give me the time of day are they even going to listen to me mm. and you know that's where i do believe what has helped me so much is being able to articulate in the, using the right words in the right order that that particular person wants to hear and when i did when i did pivot when i pivoted you know 18, mm-hmm. between like the last 12 to 18 months, which was really, really crunchy, by the way, there was nothing pretty about pivoting <laughs> at all. Um, it was not pretty. I, it was a struggle. It was a challenge. Mm-hmm. But I went and had interviews with these people. I went and looked at who is in my network, who I believe, you know, has the business model that I help people in. They have group programs They're making high six and seven figures with their group program. Uh, who will give me, who will have a conversation with me and who will answer my questions so that I can find out the words that they use, what they're struggling with, what they want. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I couldn't worry about, you know, they're not going to talk to me. And by taking the action and actually doing that, that's what built my confidence. Mm. That's what really built the mindset that I needed to have. It wasn't sitting around doing mindset work, which I'm (laughs) all for that too. But you could sit around and do mindset work all day long, but at some point you've got to go do the action Mm -hmm. and you've got to show yourself. And that, and I did about six months of that, and I still do it. Mm -hmm. But those people would talk to me. They would tell me exactly what I needed to know. And then I could turn around and say, well, I have exactly what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And that is what really boosted my confidence and my mindset the most. It was taking that action and getting that specific information that I needed. So that when I went to the marketplace, I felt really confident in being able to articulate my value.
0: Wow. Yes. I love that. Taking action, having those conversations, asking questions, really getting to know what is it that they want? What are they looking for? What type of help do they need? So yeah, I, I, I really, really love this. And Again, I feel like there's this culture where it's like, no, you cannot like press on the pain points and it's all like that negative thing, Mm -hmm. but you actually need to know in order to articulate what you do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And here's the thing about, you know, folks who are more advanced or at a further along stage in their life or their business uh, than where anybody listening to this might be. The thing that you have to recognize about those people is that they don't want anyone to know in their audience that they're struggling with anything. Mm. So you will never see them talk about it publicly. And that's Mm. the thing that makes you second guess. Well, it's like, well, they don't need what I have to offer. Well, the truth Mm. is they will only talk to you about it behind closed doors. They will. and, And sometimes they don't even want you to use their testimonials because they don't want their audience and their potential clients to know, even though I'm making all this money, it's kind of like a clown show behind the scenes. They don't want anybody to know that. So in your mind, you know, you've got to recognize that people who are at that level, they're never going to talk about their struggles publicly because they don't want anybody to know because they have this fear Mm. that if my audience knows I'm struggling, why would they buy from me? I can't, I can't show that. So, Mm. you know, that's something I've really found out by talking to them. So you can't assume that that caliber of person does not need what you have. You Mm. need to get on the phone with them and you need to talk to them because they will reveal everything you need to know behind closed doors.
0: Wow. <laughs> this is yeah, amazing. there's a little insight for you. <laughs> this is awesome. You're amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, like I always say like the biggest mistake you can do is assume anything about anyone, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. got to go. You got to be brave and ask. So-
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much again for sharing this. So I asked this to everyone who comes on the show and I'm really curious to know your answer. What does being a powerful leader mean to you? Good question. You know,
1: I think being a powerful leader is being really clear on who you are, Mm -hmm. what makes you you, what what your beliefs are, what your values are, what your unique philosophy is, about yourself, about life, about whatever it is that you're helping people with. Mm -hmm. And it's honoring those things in the way that you are being and the way that you are operating in the world. It's just, it's really honoring who you are and honoring who you're becoming and staying really, really true to that versus following what everybody else is doing and trying to just blend in with the pack because you think that's what's most popular or you think that's what's going to make you the money mm. uh it's being an integrity it's being an integrity and being willing enough on a daily basis to always be out of your comfort zone
0: you know mm. people are going to
1: follow leaders who they know are out of their comfort zone every single day and if you're not doing that then people don't people just sort of skip over you they don't see you as a leader so that, that's my answer. Powerful leader.
0: Yes, I love it. <laughs> it's so true. And I just talked about this this morning in my post. Oh my gosh, just synchronicities. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> Amazing. So where can people go to connect with you further online?
1: Yeah, the best place to go is my website. That is meganjohnsonhuber.com. And you can check out the podcast there. You can download yeah. free resources there. We've got um, a group coaching mastery free five-day like video training over there. So you can download that and check out other free resources. Amazing.
0: Well, thank you so much again for being here, for coming on the show and sharing your story and your amazing value. I appreciate you so much.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast.